Hello and welcome to our first episode of Westmont Works. My name is Grace Fandaro and seated here with me is my co-host Kayla Hernandez. We are so excited to usher in this fun new project on behalf of the Westmont Cove. For our listeners who don't know, COVE is an acronym for Career, Opportunities, and Vocational Exploration. Formerly known as the Department of Career Development and Calling, our mission is to be a resource to students as they begin their journey through life beyond college. This podcast will be a tool we use as a way to reach a greater number of students in a mode that is informal and contact-free. Because we are limited in our ability to host our normal COVE events, Westmont Works will explore a variety of topics, including themes such as life organization, resume building, employment opportunities, interview strategies, and vocations. We are so blessed to have a vast array of resources here on campus and in our Santa Barbara community. Throughout this podcast, we will have the opportunity to hear and learn from faculty members, community leaders, and alumni. Each episode will feature an interview with some of these amazing people and provide a deeper look into how we as students can best prepare for life after Westmont. Before we jump into today's topic and speaker, we want to let our listeners know about the events that are coming up through the Cove. You can always see what we have going on by following us on Instagram at T-H-E-C-O-V-E-W-C, the Cove Westmont College. There you will see frequent updates and be reminded of our virtual segment on Meet Your Major, where we have been highlighting many of the majors Westmont has to offer, as well as the faculty and students that are involved. If you haven't already, please check us out. With that said, we would now like to introduce today's featured topic on Design Your Life. Now, we get it, this may sound like an infomercial, but truly, Design Your Life is a tool that Kayla and I have been able to use through Cove, and we think it would really make an impact on fellow students as well. Um, One thing that Kayla and I have been able to do as um, part of the leadership team um, for the students at Cove is to really dive into what this is. So it's a tool that really helps you imagine your future. And for me, I sometimes um, get so imaginative or have this plan that I think I I have to get it perfect and I get bogged in that down in that minutia. And um, if I make a mistake, like how is that going to affect my future? But Design Your Life really helped me organize those thoughts and those goals and those dreams that I had. And it also made me dig deeper into these alternate plans. And um, if, okay, I don't make um, this exact choice, what are other options that are available to me? And how could that actually work out either better or work out in a way that would still be beneficial for what I want to do in the future? Kayla, how's it, how has it helped you in doing Design Your Life? For me personally, it helped me a lot because I'm kind of like go with the flow, but I also need some sort of structure when it comes to like figuring out what I want to do with myself. And like with the design of your life, I'm able to choose like multiple options, either option A, option B, or option C. And it's just really cool because like right now I'm trying to figure out what major I should do and I'm choosing between sociology, psychology, or liberal arts. And it's like with the design of your life, you're able to tailor that to the specific major because none of the plans are exactly the same. So each of them could be different and you can end up liking one more than the other. So I've just very much enjoyed this tool. 
Absolutely. It's such a fun tool that we feel really privileged that we got to be walked through. So today, uh, we're going to, instead of just going on about the benefits that we've experienced from Design Your Life, we feel it's equally important that you hear from our fearless leader and Cove Associate Director, Cassie Wiltsey, about what this tool really is, where it came from, and how to best use it to your advantage. Cassie, we are so happy to have you join us on Westmont Works. Yeah, thanks. Me too. Um, This is really great because I know that I got to go over um, the design your life with each of you, but it's really cool to hear you guys talk about it right now because you guys are saying a lot of the points that I want to talk about and I didn't even tell you to say that. So this is great. Um, Design your life is a tool that I first heard about maybe a couple years ago. So it's it's only been in the last two or so years that I've actually used it. And it's been really helpful in my own life. But um, same with, with both of you, it's been really helpful in students' lives. Um, it's really gave them a sense of just relief, um, knowing that they don't actually have to choose that one and only right option in life. Um, there's, there's not just one idea for your life. There's so many lives that you could actually live and be really, really happy with. And that's what's really cool with Design Your Life. Um, it was actually uh, designed, I guess, by by two um, faculty members at Stanford University. And they call Design Your Life um, design thinking for understanding the rest of your life. And so what that looks like is... Um, you, you want to figure out how to improve your life wherever you're at. And, and they tell you to get curious. They tell you to uh, talk to people and they tell you to try new things. And so with that, I just think back to when I was a, a college student, I literally waited until my last semester of my sophomore year to choose a major because I was so worried and so stressed on what I should choose. Cause I had to choose that one right major because it, totally determined the rest of my life, right? Um, It totally doesn't, but that's what I felt like at the time. And I took all these different personality assessments and I was so curious about um, what the assessment said. And so I talked to my professor who told me about this assessment and he said, well, that's what career counselors do. And so I talked to him more and by me being curious, by me talking to someone and then by me trying something out, which is where I tried out, you know, career counseling and learned more about it. And I realized that I really loved this. Um, and, and that's kind of the framework of design your life where, where you just kind of think through three different plans and, and you see what would be a good fit for you in this plan A. I'm going to think through the next five years of my life and I'm just going to see what happens. Do I like my plan? Do I feel comfortable about my plan? Do I feel confident about my plan? And then let's just say that plan doesn't work at all. I have plan B. So then design your life actually allows you to think through a whole plan B. So you have a, a second plan that you can fall back on if plan A doesn't work. Okay, well, what if plan A, uh, plan a and plan B don't work? Well, then you think of a third plan, plan C. And the cool thing here is that um, not only do you have different plans to fall back on if your original plans don't work, but as you start going through your plans, you start to realize, I actually might like my plan B or my plan C better than my initial plan. And I can actually say that my husband and I did this together and... Um, 
we liked our plan B better. And so we started starting asking ourselves, well, if we like plan B better, then what the heck are we doing living our life in plan A? And and so that's something that we've actually had to um, think through and we still actually are thinking through, but we honestly probably wouldn't have come to that realization had we not used um, this design your life. Absolutely. And I just wanted to add, hearing you say that, it is so important to note that this isn't a... um, a way to like be micromanagerial, you know what I mean? It's not something that um, has to be one way. It really does open up those opportunities and allow you to live uh, more in the present while still keeping in mind what you want to be doing, Um, which is so cool because I feel like there's a lot of, there's a stigma to either be spontaneous, but if you're too spontaneous, you have no plan. Mm -hmm. Or if you're all living in the plan, you'll never reap the benefits of the spontaneity of life. And so I feel like this um, tool is such a great balance of those things. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely is. And um, I I think it's neat how um, it makes you think through what you really want. um, Because I think all of us, whether we realize it or not, you know, we have our plan A because we should do it or because we've been, you know, preparing our whole lives for this one plan or for whatever reason, we just have this idea in mind that um, we have to do this certain thing. And there's so many circumstances that um, affect us that we have no control over, like, I don't know, COVID. And uh, (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people, you know, had maybe internships or, you know, job opportunities lined up that no longer exist or had to be... um, turn turn down for the time being and then when something like that happens and you don't have any plan b or c or you're just so set in one plan then you're going to feel hopeless and helpless and you're not really going to know where to go and so um that's another reason why i really do like um this design your life plan we actually call it an odyssey plan that's what these three different life plans are called odyssey plans from Design Your Life, and um, it's just really helpful um, to relieve stress and to to let you kind of explore all the options out there. Um, you don't have to be stuck to just one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so cool with the Design Your Life, too, is that, like, even if all those first plans that you initially had, like, just aren't what you want now, you're always able to go back and, like, constantly switch and change them, and it's like, oh, like, this isn't where I'm at. Like my plan A is not what I want. My plan B is not what I Mm -hmm. want. Let's go with plan C. And like, you could be in plan C, but then it's like, Hey, like, because things are like always changing, like COVID Mm -hmm. plans change. And that's just cool. Cause like, you're able to like take a step back and like write it all out and be like, Hey, like this is where I'm at now. And this is where I want to be. Yeah. Plan A, plan B, new plan C, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. There's so then, Oh, Oh, go ahead, Cassie. Um, I was just going to say there's actually um, a section in um, the Design Your Life book. They've written a book about this just to kind of help people think through actually creating these different plans and thinking about having a a meaningful life and future. And it's exactly what you're talking about, Kayla. And I'm so glad you mentioned it because, um, yeah, this is actually something that we should revisit. It's not just like, you know, create your three plans your first year of college or your senior year of college or when like me, I'm, I'm newly married, so we're creating a plan together. Um, this is something that you should just keep going back to, whether it's every year or like what you mentioned, when when things just come up or, um, you know, the thing that they mentioned in their book is called, when have you failed forward? So when have you realized that, you know, I plan to 
you know, be a lawyer. And I just took, uh, or I just had an internship in a law firm and I hated it. So that could be seen as a, a failure or a disappointment, but how did that, that disappointment push you forward? So now you've realized, okay, I'm going to check that off of my, my plan and I'm going to either go to plan B or C, or I'm just going to rewrite them. Like you mentioned, Kayla. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what I love so much about it too, because you know, if your personality type is J or your personality type is P, this really does um, provide as much structure as you might want, but it also is so flexible that you can change it all the time. Absolutely. So then how are students able to like access this resource? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, my first thing is going to say, please make sure you just schedule an appointment with us because we actually have all these resources. Not only is there, you know, the the three life plans um, where you can design your life that way, we have that worksheet, but we have about five other resources that are along the same vein as designing your life that we would love to to give you and um, just help you walk through it too. You can obviously do it on your own, but it's just really helpful to reflect on it and um, talk it through someone else. Um, but if you don't want to come meet with us or it's just not as convenient, you can actually go to their website and, and download these resources for free. And so it's it's simply just designing your life. It's designing your dot life. Um, that's their website and you can go on there and you can actually see um, the designing your life worksheets on there and you can download them for free. And if someone were to make a, an appointment through Handshake, then they would just, could they come into your office? Do you have copies of these? Obviously everything is virtual now. So should they come with their own mm-hmm. printed copy? What is the best way to really, um, if they wanted to talk through this with someone, what would that look like? Yeah, good question. So um, we don't have any print copies in the office right now. We're kind of all working remotely, but we we have um, PDF versions that we could actually send to you via email um, or when we have Zoom appointments, but you can also just download it um, from online. So everything is going to be virtual right now. Awesome. And then... Um what uh what do you what is a piece of advice that you want to give to students like in doing this you know what i mean if if they're feeling stumped mm-hmm. in i don't know what a plan a is or um i there are yeah. details that i feel bogged down in what is what are some uh, pieces of advice you can give them in completing um this tool yeah um i'm glad you asked that because even when i when i you know say like write out your plan a and then write plan B as though plan A can't work. I cannot tell you how many times students have pretty much the exact same thing on all of their plans. They just change like one detail. And so I have to stress that in order for this to really work, and when I say work, I mean in order for you to really see all of the options out there, all of the things that are like buried deep down inside of your heart and your mind, all the things that God has kind of like put inside of you, you really have to create three completely different plans. And so sometimes that means, you know, if you're a new student, plan A is you choose one major and then you're just going to guess what the rest of the years look like with that specific major. And then plan B is going to be a completely different major. Um, you know, if you're, you know, maybe a junior, senior, or even a sophomore, and you've already solidified your major, maybe your, your plans look like you're going to apply for 
a social media job. And then you're going to guess that you get that job. And then from that job, you're going to assume that you make really cool contacts with this company that you love and you're going to end up working for them, you know, year three. But plan B would then be something completely different. I'm not going to actually get that social media job. I'm going to assume that I, that I don't get hired. And so I have to decide what to do next. And so you, you really do put yourself in different scenarios, um, scenarios that you like, and then scenarios that you don't like, but you kind of already do the thought process of when you're in scenarios that you don't necessarily want, which is always hard, but it's really helpful if you do it before you're actually in those situations. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny when I was doing it, I'm definitely someone who, you know, I don't ever want to think about worst case scenario. You know, my mm-hmm. mom's always like, don't call it into existence and all yeah. this kind of stuff. But it really did make me realize, okay, if my plan C is my least favorite option, hypothetically speaking, then once you see it in front of you and you, you almost face it in mm-hmm. a hypothetical way, you realize that's not the end of the world. It's not that scary. And I think it's really interesting because we're all in a space right now with uncharted territory with COVID. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? No no one could have predicted this. And so you as as an administrator and then also us as students who are kind of living out doing this uh, Design Your Life Odyssey plan, it's so interesting because we've already kind of hurdled a worst case scenario situation. And so it's moving forward from this, I can't really imagine a better tool to use in kind of coping with where do I go from here? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And I I just think too about, you know, some people love personality assessments and they want to know all about themselves. That's definitely me. But some people can't stand them. And anything like a personality assessment, they just steer away from it. And so that's another reason why I like the designing your life odyssey plans, kind of like what you mentioned, Grace, is it's so practical. Um, it, it's not this like wishy-washy, um, you know, happy-go-lucky feeling type of assessment. It's literally just a practical tool. It's helping you think through um, options of your future. And um, the other thing too is, you know, like you mentioned, if you have happen to stumble upon your plan C and that's what your life is, it's really not the worst case scenario, but... I mean, who says you have to stop at plan C? Like if you're creating three plans, you might as well create as many as you want. And then that might even be better. Then you might see that you might like your your plan E better than plan A. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Kind of like this idea of failing forward that you brought up earlier that was mentioned in the book. I feel like a lot of times us as students, even as people, like we're all afraid of like failing at life. But like I feel like failing at life would be like not exploring all the possible options, which design your life really helps you do. Cause I feel like staying stagnant mm-hmm. and like sitting in the known instead of getting out of your comfort is when people start feeling like they're becoming a failure. But I feel like this design your life plan is just very valuable and very useful, especially for like people who are very, unpre- like who have very unpredictable circumstances or like who knows what life is unpredictable, honestly. So it's like, having like mm-hmm. a set plan and not feeling completely hopeless when those things come up will be like will cause or bring so much comfort for like any situation which is very nice to know and think about because it's like oh like it doesn't work <laughs> yeah there's always another Absolutely. option so it's really cool yeah yeah and i like that you said um you know it if you're not trying new things and if you're not exploring then that's almost more of a failure and um 
I, I watched a, a TED talk from Dave Evans, who's one of the, um, the men that created Design Your Life. And he said that there was an old lady in one of his um, Design Your Life workshops and she raised her hand for help. And he's saying in this this video, he's like, oh gosh, of course she needs help. You know, she's like 80 and she probably doesn't understand what to do. And he goes up to her and he's like, yes, miss, how can I help you? And she's like, I just don't know where where to begin. I just have so many ideas. I mean, there's just so many things I could do with the rest of my life. And he was kind of getting at, you know, the more experiences that you have, the more ideas you have about what your life and your future could hold. And so I just want to reiterate what you said, Kayla. Um, you know, students need to to actually pursue their interests and to not keep it at like, well, I'm only interested in these things, so I'm going to pursue those. But like, do those res hall events that you don't want to do or you think are silly. Um, join a random club or organization. And if you don't like it, cool. You're not, you don't have to be committed to it. Just try it once or twice. Um, you know, do an internship and if you hate it, great. You know that you never have to do it again. Um, it's just so important what you said, Kayla, to, to try as many things as possible because then designing your life and thinking through your plans, A, B, and C, and then however many becomes so much easier for you. Exactly. And more specific, more tailored to who you are, which is so cool because really this tool starts out as a tool for organization and it then becomes like a reference tool, something that you can look Mm -hmm. back at and adjust or look back at and and that helps motivate you. It helps keep you focused. You know, um, that's one thing that I've thought about is when I filled mine out, it's become um, almost like a goal setter for me. You know, when I can look back at it, yeah. and be like, okay, if that's what I want to do, then that's part of my motivation. And it really does help with like that self-initiation of going and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely all of that. Kayla, did you have any final questions for Cassie? So how have you seen this influence the lives of students or people you've interacted who have used this tool? Yeah, um, I think just the majority of the students that I talked to after completing this, honestly, just kind of reiterate what you have mentioned, where they feel just so much more confident in what they want to do. Um, a lot of times it's, uh, they actually have a clear path. They know how to get to where they want. And so sometimes, you know, they really still like their plan A, It's not like they like plan B or plan C better, but they have a clear idea of how to complete their plan A. Like kind of what you mentioned, Grace, like almost like goal setting and you, and you kind of know, um, what steps to follow to get to where you want to go. Um, but then other students have really said like what we've talked about earlier too, is they, they like a different plan. And so they start to think through, well, what, what pressures have made me think that I have to do plan A? And even though I like plan B better, I don't feel as confident in it. So what does that mean? Why do I not feel as confident? And so it honestly just brings up a lot of um, really good reflective questions that might not always be easy. There they might be some hard um, introspective um, questions coming, but it's really necessary to think about those things. And so um, not only is it a a practical tool that helps you um, set goals and have a clear vision for your future and what could be, but it really does help you really look deep inside to what is motivating you, um, what gives you life, and what do you really want your future to look like? Yeah, that's so cool. Um, You mentioned something. What was it? Um, 
about like how like certain things influence the aspect of like what why you want to pursue that thing and i yeah. feel like a lot of the times we don't necessarily think about that it's more like oh like people say i should do this so i'm going to pursue this but like again like taking that little time of reflection and like understanding why you're doing it and your true intentions mm-hmm. behind it will allow for more understanding as well as like hey like do i really want to do this am i doing it for me or am i doing it because this is what everything else is saying or like what everyone mm-hmm. else is saying for me to do so yeah that's just really cool and it's a very mm-hmm. good way to reflect on like what your true values and what you truly want to pursue like it's just it's helpful and i love it <laughs> yeah and um this isn't necessarily even what we're talking about today, but I'm glad you said that because just a shameless plug, that's what you and Grace and me and the other, you know, career design ambassadors are, are trained in. Like you have already gone through like thinking through your values and uh, the design your life plan and all the other assessments and tools to really help us think through like, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, why am I pursuing these things? And, and so that's why we're resources for students. And, um, you too, especially can, can be a, a soundboard for students when they want to talk to through these things. And, um, you guys can help them reflect through that. So, um, I hope that a lot of people do, um, blow up your guys's phones with questions and <laughs> yes. wanting to reflect on that. Absolutely. Well, Cassie, thank you so much for coming on with us today. We feel so blessed by hearing all of that. And I hope all of our listeners um, really take advantage of uh, Handshake and the Cove and everything that um, we have to offer in that department, because really the resources, this is just the tip of the iceberg um, for all of the ways in which um, the Cove is there to really help students think about um, their future, but then also not um, let them get stressed about what that future mm-hmm. might bring. So thank you so much for joining us today, Cassie. Yeah, thanks so much. This is great. You guys are fun. <laughs> we hope to see you soon. Well, that um, was really all we have time for for a featured guest. But um, Kayla and I wanted to give you guys some um, some parting thoughts before we go. So we want you all to know that um, Cassie brought them up. Your career design ambassadors. Those are your CDAs. Every res hall has one. Kayla is actually the CDA through Emerson. She's fantastic. Um, I'm kind of a stand-in for Ocean View. Um, But you guys reach out to your CDAs if you have any questions. That's what they're there for. And of course, Kayla and I are here too. Um, Kayla also runs our Insta. Kayla, did you want to talk to them uh, at any more detail about what that Instagram page looks like, what it's there for? Yeah, so basically our Instagram is there for job opportunities um, and just anything in regards to, like, careers and stuff, like personality types. This week we're doing a little segment, or I'm doing a little segment, of where I'm posting all the um, faculty's um, personality types. So you get to read a little bit more of those. And if you're curious, links and um, descriptions are in the comments, so you're able to copy them to take your own personality test and figure out what your personality type is. And so with that, you're able to make an appointment on Handshake through it's on our bio in our Instagram. Um, And you're able to make an appointment and talk more about it and figure out what's the best options for you in like pursuing a major. So, yeah, that's so perfect. And and that would be another way to if you're like, oh, I don't know who my CDA is, who's the um, the ambassador for my hall. Well, their picture is going to be up on that Instagram page so soon. Um, And 
honestly, they are so eager to reach out to you guys. They're working on planning events for specific res halls. Um, they're just so excited to to really bring the community back together after this whole COVID weirdness. So uh, keep a lookout for their emails. Kayla and I, um, if you're in Emerson or OV, then we will probably be emailing uh, you as well. Um, also, we wanted to encourage you to tune in for our next podcast where we're going to be talking with Rachel Winslow and she's going to give us some insight with this upcoming election on um, getting your degree so that we can agree to disagree. And the whole podcast is really just going to be about how to have civil discourse, how to communicate um, with each other um, in a way that is conducive and um, Christian-like and loving while also um, hearing and being heard. So we really hope that you tune in next week. Um, and from Kayla and myself and Cassie and everyone at the Cove, we just want to encourage you to um, let Westmont work with you through Westmont Works. So thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to hear from you soon. Welcome back, listeners, to Westmont Works. We've been a little MIA, as I'm sure you're all aware. Kayla and I have been doing our best to drop an episode weekly, but lately it's been a little tricky coordinating schedules because this semester feels like the year of never-ending midterms. We apologize for our absence, but we're so happy to be back and bringing you this episode featuring Westmont and San Francisco. Even though our presence has been inconsistent over the past weeks with our podcast, if you've been following us on Instagram at the Cove Westmont College, you know that The Cove is still doing our best to reach all of you in a fun and unique way. For updates on events, links to personality and job assessments, and a slew of other amazing resources, please check out our page. If you tuned in with us a couple weeks ago, you'll remember that we were able to sit down with Westmont professor Dr. Rachel Winslow and Westmont alum Kayla Peterson. Representing the Westmont Downtown Program, they spoke to us about the importance of having good dialogue and how the key to civil discourse is to truly listen when engaging in conversation. Now, in the weeks after the election, it is vital to use those tips that Ms. Peterson and Dr. Winslow shared so we can be good stewards of Christ and continue to love our neighbors even when we disagree with their political ideologies or social standpoints. So while we still seek to get our degrees so we can agree to disagree, Today we are going to get a chance to speak with Brad Berkey and Kristen Leichty about the Westmont and San Francisco semester and how the program offers students a culturally enriching experience without having to traverse the globe amidst the pandemic and other current trials in our world. It's easy to have a keen sense of disappointment from the heartaches of this year. Perhaps you're a student who is expecting to be studying abroad this semester, or maybe you're an underclassman who is eager to apply to go abroad and now you're feeling uneasy given everything that's going on. Or maybe even you're someone who is dying to break up the monotonous routine, but also needs to fulfill some GE credits. Whatever your situation, we want to reveal to you the opportunities that Westmont and San Francisco presents. One key factor that sets Westmont San Francisco apart from other abroad programs is their eight unit internship course. Cove sent out a student-wide email this week giving you some tidbits about the importance of internships especially if you're hoping to enter the workforce after graduation. Employers look to hire graduates who have at least one internship, and they even prefer if their applicants have two. Cove is thrilled to help students find some of those internship opportunities, 
And one of the ways we can do this is by highlighting the experiences that Westmont San Francisco provides. If you look at the Westmont and San Francisco page online, you'll see a brief description of what the internship process entails. The website reads, at the beginning of the semester, training sessions with the Cove staff will prepare you to search for an internship and equip you with skills such as resume writing and interviewing that you'll also find helpful in your professional endeavors after college. You'll meet with professors to identify possible internships in San Francisco, and you'll complete three interviews at various placement sites before choosing an internship. So while you can always come to Cove to find solo internships, Westmont San Francisco presents an avenue of getting that internship experience while also offering classes needed for graduation, and on top of it all, is located in one of the most diverse and eclectic cities in our country. So today we have Kristen Leichty and Brad Berkey joining us today, going to be talking about Westmont and San Francisco. We're so excited to have you guys here with us today. Welcome on to Westmont Works. Great, thanks. thanks. Good to be with you, Grace and Kayla. So Brad or Kristen, would you mind just telling us what is Westmont in San Francisco? We know that it is like a study abroad program, but it's a little bit different and it's very unique in its own way. Would you give us just a little synopsis about what students can expect if they choose to go? Um, sure. Uh, Westmont in San Francisco is an internship-based semester in San Francisco. Um, we are a living learning community, so our whole program is housed in a beautiful Victorian mansion right in the center of San Francisco. Um, and from here, we do our internships and take classes and have really great discussions about what does it mean to um, love God and love the others around us. Um, and just explore the city. Yeah. Did you have anything to add to that, Brad? Yeah, well, I would say, you know, there's a number of things that make Westmont and San Francisco distinctive vis-a-vis -vis other off-campus programs. I think the first is that we're an internship-based program. We've been doing internships from the very beginning of our program, almost 50 years now. Wow. And in that time, we've cultivated a network of over 200 different partnerships with agencies representing uh, the full spectrum of majors. And so because of that history, we can almost guarantee, regardless of a student's interests, that we will have a number of viable options for them to pursue. Uh, part of the internship search process for our semester programs is students do a two-week mini job search uh, where wow. we do orientation to uh, interview skills, uh, resume building, etc. And then students launch out and do uh, at least three interviews as part of their mini job search. And our students say that that experience is just invaluable because you're getting sort of real life interview experience where the risks are very low. Uh, you're not, your job doesn't depend on it. Um, you can, uh, you know, learn as you go, make mistakes. And um, the good news is in the 50 years that we've been doing this, no one has not gotten an internship. So <laughs> oh, that's we good. Can, we can almost guarantee it based on our history and experience. And so the internship piece is really a centerpiece of our curriculum. And part of it is that we really value experiential learning. Mm. That We believe that for the Christian liberal arts to really live out its vision, we need to blend theory with practice. That's so cool. 
to yeah. take all of the good ideas that you're engaged with in class and begin to test drive them a little mm -hmm. bit in real world real world uh, situations. But secondly, uh, increasingly jobs have be I mean, internships have become the new graduation requirement. Mm -hmm. And actually, the current recommendations now is that students should have at least two internships under their belt before they graduate as wow. an undergraduate, uh, just that this is sort of the necessary stepping stone to be um, to have a competitive advantage in a really competitive marketplace. So the internships, you know, it's not just those practical reasons, but we also believe that the context in which students are doing their internships, namely the multicultural diverse setting of San Francisco, is a, a second uh, unique asset and distinctive of the program. Regardless of where students are doing their internships, they're coming up against uh, racial, cultural difference and diversity yeah. that um, sort of requires them to exercise some muscles that one might not have to exercise in the same ways in a more uh, monocultural Christian environment. And so we feel like that exposure and experience really helps students to begin to address what does it mean to be a Christian outside the confines of a Christian community? Yeah. What does it mean to be a Christian in a decidedly post-Christian context like San Francisco? What does it mean to be the hands, feet, witness of Jesus uh, among a community where the vast majority of people don't identify as Christians? And so we take that contextual um, piece really seriously. And then I think the third distinctive, in addition to the internships, the context of San Francisco, the third is our community life mm. in the Clooney House here. A wonderful opportunity for students to be challenged as they go out into the city in their internships to bring some of those live questions home, engage them in the classroom, but more importantly, engage them in the kitchen, in mm. the living room, in a living learning community where uh, you are known and where we talk about the big questions yeah. uh, around race, class, gender, kind of all of the live issues that our conversation pieces at Westmont have been long-term conversations for us as well. So I think those three pieces, the internship, the context, community life, I think most of our students would say those are the primary distinctives. That, that's amazing. Brad, seriously, we can wrap up. No, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I am curious. So the internship is an intrinsic part of this program. And that's really, I feel like, one of the big distinguishing factors that sets it apart from Westmont and Northern Europe, which I had the privilege of doing, or, or the Cairo or whatever it is. But how do these internships lend themselves to um, just boost students as they go into the job, fi job field after graduation? I think, you know, primarily uh, we see this as uh, the first pre-professional experience for mm. students. Um, so it's an opportunity for students to sort of test drive what they yeah. sense God is calling them to vocationally and otherwise. And one of the great realizations for many of our students is they discover what their passions and interests are, i.e. it confirms what they mm. sense uh, they wanted to do. And for others, they find out what they thought they wanted to do, they actually don't want to do at all. And they had an idealized understanding of what a particular job or field entailed, and then realized it really wasn't a match 
for their particular gifts, skills, passions. And so that self-awareness is a really important piece for when you do this in real time after college yeah. to sort of have uh, a deeper self-awareness about uh, your interests and passions. Um, but I think students gain just a lot of uh, very practical professional skills. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean to take the bus to work? What does it mean to engage with people of diverse backgrounds and ages who are your peers as well as your supervisors, uh, beginning to discover where your gifts and uh, areas for future growth lie. And those are all just sort of embedded in uh, the internship experience. And we take the reflective part of that really seriously. Yeah. Uh, we are far more than just a job training internship program. We really believe this is also a unique opportunity for students to ask the big question of not only what am I going to do when I graduate, but who is the person that I'm going to become? Wow. And yeah. who is God calling me to be in the world? What does it mean to love my neighbor? What does it mean to exhibit and give voice to the fruits of the Spirit in a business context or in a nonprofit context or in a media context and I think you know all of those things are just played out in the experiential part but students also do weekly journals they do supplemental reading they are asked to take on projects uh, in their internship that ask them to connect their academic learning or major with specific projects in their in their internships um, but I would say in terms of a shout out to Westmont downtown uh, also does mm. a similar internship-based program. And our feeling is, again, we would love to see programs like this continue to make their way to the centers of the Westmont curriculum. Absolutely. So then so cool. for um, applying to um, a program, either downtown or San Francisco, what do you look for in the application? You mentioned that like having um, an idea possibly like going into the internships, but is it better to have, oh, this is kind of what I want to do and this is the internship I'm looking for? Or is it better to be open? You know, I don't really know what I want to do, but I'm open to these different internships that have been presented to me. What is the applicant mindset you're, you're particularly looking for? Yeah, I think our biggest one is just um, curiosity honestly, and that both being curious yeah. about the world around them and wanting to um, learn more from others um, and through their experience and through navigating the city, but also a curiosity towards um, their internship and what where their major could take them. Um, I know we get a, quite a few students mm -hmm. who are pretty set of like, these are the companies that I want to work for, the organizations I want to serve alongside. Um, and also students who don't really know, like I'm kind of interested in, in this particular um, area, but I don't really know what I want to do with my major. I don't really know what I want to do with my internship. Um, and I think that's one of the beautiful things of, of Westmont San Francisco is that there's we have space built into the program where we can kind of sort, sort through and sift some of those things out at the beginning. Um, so we do placement panels um, during our orientation week where supervisors come and pitch internships to students. Um, and we always have more internships and supervisors than we have students. So it's kind of like this wow. reversal of, of roles um, where you are being picked um, instead of having to kind of fight for internships. There's a plethora yeah. of opportunities available. And I think that also sparks some um, 
interest of just getting students more aware of like the different opportunities that are available and the different um, ways that they could be learning um, in different organizations. Brad, what were you going to, you had something? Yes. I, I was just going to say that, you know, in terms of the kind of students we're looking for, um, we've had great success with younger students, that is, mm. uh, rising freshmen and sophomores who choose to do our program at the front end. Mm. And that's a really helpful time in terms of clarification okay. about what you might, about your major, about where you see yourself going. And then we have other students that do it toward the end, kind of a, a higher level uh, internship experience where they're really beginning to do some of that integrative work between theory and praxis mm. and really honing in on what professional skills do I need to develop to be proficient in, in this particular field. So there's really no requirements per se, right. except what Christian uh, Kristen said about curiosity and a willingness to take some risks. Um, and I think those those risks are are rewarded. I think the other piece, and this is testimony to our students over the last 50 years, is we have established relationships with organizations that actually privilege our student applicants over other student uh, or other universities really? because of the good experience they've had. And so we have uh, the Office of the Public Defender, San Francisco General Hospital, uh, a network of organizations that actually don't open up their internship interview process until they've interviewed our students. Wow. So our students have this unique opportunity based on the, the foundations that past students have laid to really have opportunity to um, really be able to pursue any number of avenues and as Kristen said oftentimes it's the student that is being recruited by the agency yeah. in the interview process we try to tell our supervisors to play along <laughs> to give them the, the you know inter interview experience but oftentimes it turns into a recruiting session which we we find endearing and take as a compliment yes absolutely and I think a huge part of that I mean I, as a junior here at Westmont, I feel I get to, you know, promote Westmont and saying that I, I love the curriculum. I love what our school stands for. Um, and a part of that is the liberal arts education, which is then, you know, still really uh, intrinsic to Westmont in San Francisco. So what for our listeners, like what are the classes that students take alongside their internship, if any? Go for it, Brad. You're the, the main professor, teacher. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think, you know, our um, our curriculum, uh, again, the internship piece is an eight unit uh, required part okay. of the curriculum. And that includes a, a companion seminar called uh, Values and Vocation, mm. where we look at some of these big questions around calling, around social responsibility, around navigating difference and diversity mm. in responsible uh, faith-based ways. Um, and then students have opportunity to take a, uh, any number of electives, all of which uh, qualify for a range of GE courses. Those electives change from semester to semester. So uh, for instance, this semester, one of the classes is um, one that I teach, which is uh, faith, culture, and diversity, okay. where we look at issues of race, class, and gender, utilizing 
the context of San Francisco and a really rich range of guest speakers to help us think through some of the dynamics that are sort of at the forefront of our national conversations and certainly um, being engaged here in San Francisco. Mm. Uh, we have an English course that uh, this semester, uh, a very timely one, taught by a former Westmont professor, Dr. Marilyn McIntyre, on literature of plagues and pandemics. Oh, wow. And so, <laughs> so uh, students are sort of engaging in real time, the context in which we're in, and then reading literature and reflecting on how people in other times and places have navigated uh, plagues and pandemics. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and then students have opportunity to do an independent study uh, course, uh, as well as uh, next fall, we uh, have a theater, another English course, environmental literature. And so these change from semester to semester, but all of the courses seek, again, to be contextually based mm. so that whatever themes we're looking at, we try to connect it to our context here in San Francisco uh, and the Bay Area. Yeah. And Kristen, did you want to add anything on that? Um, I don't think so. I think you covered a lot of it. I mean, yeah. Our... I, I love that our classes can um, be really flexible and based on what, yeah, is going around in our country um, and in San Francisco. So I, I love that the fact that we can be a little bit flexible and contextualize it more. Yeah. Kayla Gurley, take it away with some of the questions that you have. Um, how is being located in San Francisco kind of like shaped curriculum and how students view the world? Mm. Gosh, I I could go on and on about that. I've, I've been a resident, lived here for over 35 years, and um, I continue to find San Francisco and the Bay Area to be one of the richest contexts in which to engage one's faith. Now, that might sound counterintuitive, given the stereotypes that often are made about San Francisco mm. as being sort of this liberal, godless, post-Christian context. Um, I get a little defensive about that because I've been connected to faith communities here for the last 35 years. and I find it one of the richest places to be a person of faith because you just have to be on your toes. Mm. People ask questions that you don't get asked in more monocultural Christian evangelical communities. And I think that's a really rich way to, again, exercise some of those muscles of being able to think critically mm. and faithfully about what it means to be engaged as a person of faith yeah. beyond the really wonderful, supportive, but sometimes limited contexts of our Christian colleges. Yeah, that's so cool. What do you think are like some possible challenges that students face mm. in regards to like being taken out of the monocultural context of um, our community to completely like a 180 into a new environment? I think we could answer that at two levels. One sort of the, the more theoretical <laughs> level, but also maybe Kristen, you can speak to this, just some of what it means to be an independent adult living and navigating the city, I think is a really important mm. challenge. Yeah, I think one of the challenges that is, I don't know if I would phrase it as a challenge, but um, yeah, students are taken out of their context and, and everything is different in San Francisco. Um, it is a secular culture. Um, there is 
um, yeah, it's a very diverse city. And so they're just encountering a lot of things that they might not have encountered before. And sometimes that can feel overwhelming. Um, I know when I first got to the city, I felt like the, the d divide between the wealth and the poverty in the city was just so much. And so like, what do you do with that? Um, and so I think that sometimes it, our setting prompts more questions. And so it can be hard to know like how to sort through all those things when it feels very, like the city is very stimulating and very fast paced. Um, one of the things I love about our program is that it's nested within community. So we're all here at the Clooney House. And so the students are living here, um, all the staff offices are here. And so like Brad was saying about, it's those meeting times in the kitchen. It's that we see each other in different contexts. So we don't just see each other in the classroom or at office hours or for lectures. Um, we, we create this um, like supportive network and supportive community where we can really engage with students and see like, oh, this is something to celebrate or this is something that students are struggling with um, and really just be able to, um, yeah, foster a really rich community in the midst of challenges, in the midst of questioning. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. We often, talk about the program as being a maturity accelerator, mm -hmm. um, partly because it's sort of embedded in the DNA of the program is we really see this as an opportunity for students to test drive what it means to be an adult. Yeah. And so students have to navigate the city, navigate public transportation, do their own shopping and cooking, um, all of those sort of real life skills uh, are given opportunity to uh, be developed and um, and I think our students really value that we we sort of make an assumption as a staff that we're going to treat you like adults yeah. and in response we expect you to respond as adults and we've been really fortunate that's that's worked well and I think because we're a small tight-knit community uh, nobody falls through the cracks and we sort of you know see where people are struggling as well as where we can celebrate Mm -hmm. people and each other and you know one of the sort of guiding questions it's actually one that we ask every week in the internship seminars where do you see God showing up this week mm. um, sort of having the eyes to see that even in a challenging diverse context like San Francisco um, God is incarnating God's self everywhere and I think when our students sort of catch on to that it's it's really wonderful to sort of see the unexpected surprises of God's presence, faithfulness, um, involvement in some of the least likely of places. That's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I feel like the internships you're also describing just stretch across all these different um, uh, majors, all the, you know, all these different uh, emph emphasis, emphases, if you will. Um, but what are some of the most, for lack of a better ter term, popular internships? What are the ones that, you know, um, employers keep coming back or, you know, the, they just love the Westmont students and they're there every single year? What are some of those majors that might fall into those internship categories? Um, well, I think uh, three that immediately come to mind. One is an interfaith chaplaincy program at San Francisco General Hospital. Just a really cool. remarkable opportunity for people to engage difference in diversity. Uh, it's been a popular internship site for pre-major, for pre-med majors, but it's also the one 
internship placement site that we've had students from virtually every major at Westmont because of the opportunity for communication skills, for looking at big social issues. Uh, San Francisco General is the city's only uh, city and county hospital, so it's the place where people who have no insurance go. Mm -hmm. It's um, you know just uh, incredibly diverse. It's actually the teaching hospital of the University of California, San Francisco, one of the premier med schools because wow. it's a place where you see everything. And our students serve as chaplains. And whether they cool. sort of feel comfortable with that identity at first or feel overwhelmed by it, they all sort of find that it's really learning to engage active listening skills where you simply learn to be present to people in crisis, in pain, and to be sort of the non-judgmental presence of Jesus in their lives. And yeah. because it's an interfaith um, chaplaincy, our students also are side by side with Buddhist chaplains, with Muslim chaplains, with Catholic oh, cool. chaplains, with Jewish chaplains. And the interfaith vision of the chaplaincy is that we lay claim and be transparent about our own identity be it a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, and that that is the yeah. gift to the community. And so it's a really rich learning opportunity for students to really gain um, a sense of, a renewed sense of wonder uh, and confirmation about their unique faith story as followers of Christ, yeah. but in a context that's very different. But then the work itself is, um, you know, you're working in psych wards in OBGYN wards and working wow. with uh, a wide range of people. We've had over 100 interns uh, over the 25 wow. plus years there. A second one is the Office of the Public Defender, uh, a legal mm -hmm. internship wow. that has been popular among pre-law students, but again is also probably the one most students choose even if they don't have interest in law because they get the sense that this is the only time I could do something like this. Uh, they have opportunities yeah. to do courtroom, they have opportunities to do uh, investigations, kind of CSI mm. stuff out with investigators, uh, wow. opportunity to work with uh, at-risk youth and to mm. really see the insides of, of the justice uh, system. And then the third one uh, I would just highlight is, is just um, media in general, television, radio, wow. uh, cross-cultural communication. Uh, we have a number of partners that have been long-term uh, internship sites for our students. But again, students, when they apply, they indicate their interests. Uh, we give them some initial leads. They come here, they hear about, you know, 20 to 25 other opportunities and, um, and then make their choice from that. Wow. So cool. You guys, I, I know that, you know, I'm supposed to be hosting this podcast, but seriously, I'm like, huh, maybe I need to go to Westmont San Francisco. So you might be getting an application from me. Um, Our, Kayla, did you have any other questions, closing thoughts for either Brad or Kristen? No questions. Uh, closing thoughts. It's uh, This program sounds amazing. And like, Grace, it's like, oh, like, this is something I totally want to, like, get involved with or do sometime yeah. during my time at Westmont. Because I feel like it's such a valuable opportunity. And it's just amazing that you guys are here doing this for the students, which is amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Our 
many of our students say that our program is Westmont's best kept secret. Well, it's not a secret anymore. We have a whole That's... whopping 55 <laughs> listeners, so be prepared That's great. for 55 well, applicants. <laughs> we appreciate uh, yeah, getting some love here. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Brad and Kristen, thank you so much for coming on. We're excited that next week we get to speak to a few um, alumni from Westmont, San Francisco. Some are still Westmont's, um, Westmont students, um, others... Uh, may have already graduated, but we're excited to uh, hear their take on the program as well. But this has been a wonderful preface for that next episode. Um, So for all our listeners, also tune in for next week. Um, But Brad, Kristen, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. It was so wonderful to be able to talk to Kristen and Brad. Um, I wanted to remind you all to check out our Instagram page where you're going to find all those updates that you're wondering about the Cove. Thank you so much for your patience these past couple weeks, and I hope you guys are all doing well with wrapping up the semester. We're getting close to Thanksgiving, which is really exciting. So on top of all of that, keep a lookout in your email, especially if you're in Armington, because your CDAs might be doing something special for you in these last few weeks of the semester. So with all that said, from me and Kayla, Brad, Kristen, and everyone at The Cove, have a wonderful day. And thank you for allowing Westmont Works to work with you.